0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Start Your Sunday, a different version, exclusive on wherever your music listening is like on Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor. Welcome into kind of a special edition. We are not in Columbia, Missouri. I am here in Boca Raton, Florida. Garrett?
1: Yeah, what's up, Harrison? It's a crazy week. As you say, we are back home for Thanksgiving break. I'm starting my Sunday actually in Tennessee, Livingston, Tennessee, at my farm. Um, hey, it was a great day of college football, some big marquee matchups, and we get a big day in the NFL, so it might not look the same. We might not be live, but, hey, we're still here talking football. Can't wait to give you guys another great show today.
0: Yep, and just to keep you updated, we are off next Sunday, and then two Sundays from today we'll be back on KCOU 88.1, where you'll be starting your Sunday at 11 Eastern, 10 Central. Let's start with the college games yesterday. A great slate of college football games, and I'll start with this. Gary, I'll bring you in a second. So pretty much all year, Garrett and I have been pretty high on Ohio State. They were my preseason pick to win the national championship. I think Justin Fields is as high of a prospect as maybe we've ever seen in college football. And going into a matchup against a top 10 team, we expected that Ohio State would come out, you know, looking like the same national championship contender they are. And if you would have told me yesterday that Ohio State would have put up 42 points against a top 10 opponent at home and win the game, I would think, man, this team is definitely a national championship contender and still the favorite. But for some reason after this game, I don't feel this way. After, even though they beat the number nine team in the country, Indiana at home, I'm more skeptical on Ohio State as I've been all year. They had a 42-35 win. They only scored one touchdown offensively in the second half, and that came three minutes into the half where Garrett Wilson caught a touchdown. Justin Fields, in his career, three years, he's thrown three interceptions. He threw three interceptions yesterday, and he got lucky, and one of them, the defender, fumbled the ball. Mm -hmm. Ohio State ran the ball very well. Master Teague had 26 carries for 169 yards, two touchdowns. Fields did though for 300, more interceptions and touchdowns. But the Ohio State defense could not stop Michael Penix Jr. threw for nearly 500 yards, five touchdowns. Indiana hanging there. They got the ball late in the game with a chance to tie. Couldn't do so. Garrett, what are your thoughts of Ohio State and Indiana?
1: Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to give Indiana a lot of credit, right? A lot of people thought in this game, going into this game, that oh, I mean, Ohio State was a 21 point favorite coming yep. into this game, right? People thought Ohio State was going to come in, they were going to do what they do, they were going to dominate. That was not the case. Actually, Ohio State was up 28 to seven at one point. So, as a fan, you're watching, you're going, "Oh my gosh, here we go, another Ohio State story." Justin Fields going to go crazy. Justin Fields had more touchdowns than he had incompletions going into that game and it was a different looking Justin Fields give Indiana a lot of credits right they're not the most flashy team they play really well defensively they finally broke out offensively but I think we saw that Indiana's legit Ohio State there are some concerns mostly on the defensive side of the ball I mean they held Indiana to negative rushing yards but still passing him, as you mentioned, Harrison, almost 500 passing yards. I think there's room for concern for Ohio State defensively, but for Indiana, they're legit, and they proved that. And I don't know if you saw Tim Allen, his post-game speech to his players for Indiana. What he say? Gave you chills. He was still passionate about his team. I love the way they play. I think they have a lot to play for down the stretch, I really do.
0: And how about the receiver, Freifogel? Seven catches, 218 yards, three touchdowns. One of the best receiving performances I've ever seen against an Ohio State defense. And just Indiana, they were in the
1: he, Yep, he's got to of the best in the country. I mean, he showed yesterday. I mean, look, Ohio State has consistently been the top dogs in the Big Ten. And I think even the game day crew said yesterday, Kirk Herbstreit said he thinks Ohio State would win, and they'd win big by three-plus touchdown. I mean, Indiana really it, – it, it was an eerie top ten matchup because Indiana was ranked ninth. That's a really high top ten. Win. But it just felt like it was going to be one of those games.
0: Yeah, and one of the, like, you know, if Indiana they didn't really couldn't really run the ball. C.B. Scott the third, their leading rusher for the season, yep. seven carries, six yards. I don't want to say that made a huge yep. difference because Indiana still put up thirty five points. But if they could have run the ball yep. better, controlled the clock, maybe it would have been a different game. Uh, in terms of Ohio State's playoff yep. outlook, what do you think of that after that game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think right now. Now, Ohio State's going to control their own destiny. Um, I think the committee is still going to give them the benefit for the doubt and throw them top four, but you're going to have to look at the issues right now. And it starts, it starts defensively. Um, you're up 28-7. You know, it looks like you're going to take off and roll 35-7. Um, and they couldn't really break away from Indiana. Um, and once, yeah, okay, yeah, 35-7. I saw 28-7, but you're good. I think for Ohio State. I mean, honest for a second. From what we've, Harrison, from what we've seen in college football, I don't, I don't see any top four team right. Now. Great defense. I don't think Alabama plays great defense. I don't think Ohio State plays great defense. I don't think any of those top four teams play great defense. And I think that's what's going to help Ohio State right now is because if you're a committee looking in, you're saying, okay, well, they didn't play well. They gave up thirty-five points, Indiana, but this is the top ten Indiana team, right? I mean, Ole Miss played Alabama and lit Alabama up offensively. So I think Ohio State actually will not drop because of this. I think they will stay top four, and I think they control their own destiny. I they think do. they are sitting pretty still as long as they continue to win.
0: I think the only concern about them is, you know, once they face another elite offense, like if they play Clemson in the in the um, in the College World Playoff, or if they play Notre Dame or Alabama, it's just can they stop those teams? Also, will be the big question for see it. Yep. You know, they still control their own destiny. We'll talk about their Big Ten. West opponent in a second. But, you know, I I wouldn't have the best film for Ohio State right now, even though there's still yep. a top three team on the question, but you know, didn't show the best yesterday. So let's talk about the other side of the Big Ten. The Big Ten West. Basically yep. we had the Big Ten East semifinal and the Big Ten West semifinal yesterday. And Northwestern yep. a team we I don't think we've talked about on this the show. We branched them for a second last week. A team we've really talked about the show all year is one of the best yep. defensive teams in the country. And the Wisconsin offense who was Had great performances against Illinois and Michigan. Scored seven points and turned the ball over, what, like three or four times. Northwestern beat Wisconsin. Yeah. 17-7. Peyton Ramsey, I believe he went to Indiana and transferred to Northwestern, had 23 of 44. Yes, he yards, two touchdowns. He did. Indiana did not run the ball very well. Excuse me, Northwestern did not run the ball very well. But Wisconsin, Berger, the running back, only 93 yards, which is, I think, a season low and Wisconsin could not move the ball whatsoever, Northwestern. Time to possibly start taking them for real as a contender?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think all week leading into this game, all Northwestern Pat Fitzgerald have heard about is Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz, because Graham Mertz has been the hot topic of the Big Ten. He's a quarterback. He's a former four-star quarterback coming Mm -hmm. in for Wisconsin. Look, Wisconsin has traditionally been a run-first offense that they're just going to ground and pound you. But this year, they've had more – you know. They can use a pass game more. They're not as one-dimensional. They can use a pass. They're going to use the run. So all week, you're hearing about, okay, Wisconsin, they have this offense that could be elite. They have one of the best defenses. Northwestern came in and proved a point. I mean, this is a good Wisconsin team, Grant. They've only played three games now. But this is a Northwestern team that they were hungry, and they proved it. As you mentioned, Peyton Ramsey, the former Indiana quarterback, 203 yards, two touchdowns. But what's amazing to me is they only ran the ball – for 24 yards total. So it's not like Northwestern dominated offensively. It was their defense. They held Wisconsin in check. They gave their offense a short field and it gave them chances to put in the end zone a little bit more than Wisconsin did. I think Northwestern, are they good enough to beat Ohio state? Uh, That's a million dollar question, but this is a great win. And this is, I guess this is another one where they control their destiny now to the big 10
0: championship. If they continue to win. Yeah, and no one's really talking about Northwestern this year. They have wins against Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue, and Wisconsin. But other than Wisconsin, those teams aren't world leaders. Yeah. And the rest of the schedule is Michigan State, Minnesota, and Illinois. So there's a strong – those teams yeah. have a combined three wins on the season. So there's probably a strong chance – or combined five wins on the year. There's a strong chance that Northwestern can win out and possibly finish as a top-10 team taking on Ohio State in yeah. the Big Ten Championship. They played in the Big Ten Championship two years ago. And Ohio State got in a big lead. Northwestern kind of battled back. Always had a touchdown in the second half. And Ohio State eventually yep. pulled away with Dwayne Haskins. But Northwestern is such a well-coached team with Pat Fitzgerald, and you know they've they've been competitive in the Big Ten West for a while now, but very quietly. Yeah. And maybe this is the team that maybe gets to the Big Ten championship and wins it. The thing is, they've only been to that championship game once. That was that year. But their defense—that's what—that's what going to take to beat teams yeah. like Wisconsin and Indiana and Ohio State. And just because Northwestern forced five turnovers today. They get to the passer and they forced interceptions. And yeah. This could be the team to do it.
1: Yeah, this is the the key is gonna be for Northwestern is we talk about defensively, they're probably maybe the best unit in the Big Ten, probably one of the best in the entire country. Um but again the question is gonna be if you wanna beat Ohio State, can Northwestern's offense get to that point. I think we saw Indiana's offense actually played up to that level yesterday against Ohio State. So it's the same question for Northwestern. I mean, Peyton Ramsey, I'm not sure if you watched him last year, he played phenomenal for Indiana. I mean, he was one of the Big Ten's best unheard of quarterbacks. I mean, he was a player. That kid made plays all over the field with his legs, with his arm. He could do it all. He's a dual-threat quarterback for a reason. So I think the question becomes for Northwestern is, We know defensively they could probably hang with anybody in the country. The question is, on offense, can you get a balance? Because we saw yesterday that running attack was nowhere to be seen. And their leading rusher, Drake Anderson, eight carries, 13 yards. So can Northwestern offensively pick it? Because if they do, you're right. They're in good shape. I mean, they are in really good shape to challenge Ohio State in the Big Ten, really.
0: Yeah, and one last thing I'll talk about Northwestern. If they do play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, I don't believe there are fans there. And one of the key Ohio State's won last like three or four Big Ten champions, I think the last three Big Ten championships. And a lot of it has they have more fans than anybody. Yep. And it's kind of a neutral site game where there's no fans. It could be a, a tricky situation for I know. Uh, the Badgers or for the Buckeyes. Let's move on to the American. A team, Gary and I have been all over all year. We were definitely rooting, watching this game yesterday, rooting for them. Cincinnati Bearcats. A yes. trap game that a lot of people called. A lot of people were picking the upset for UCF. I was afraid that was going to happen, but Desmond Riddler just proved he, how good he is. He's a Heisman finalist. I don't know why no one's talking about it. He was 21 of 32 yesterday, 338 yards, two touchdowns, ran it for 57 more yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, the running back, Jared Dokes, 28 carries, 97 yards. Uh, Wiley, the receiver, five catches, eighty-one yards, and a touchdown. And Cincinnati defense, not as great as they've been. UCF put up thirty-three points, but UCF is one of the best offensive teams in the country. But they got the stops when it mattered. And Cincinnati, eight an zero on the year. I, how impressed are you by Cincinnati? Yeah, I think I'm actually really
1: impressed. In fact, I think this is. If- Um, a lot of people criticizing them going all day. Now, UCF, this was a trap game. It was in Orlando, we know is a hard place for opposing teams to come. And Cincinnati resented They actually came from behind to win this game. Desmond Ritter, I couldn't agree more. He's a Heisman candidate. 21 32, 338 yards, two touchdowns. But what the defense did well is okay, UCF, they put up 33 points. Cincinnati held them to 116 yards on the ground, yep. but they also forced an interception from Dylan Gabriel. That's huge. Dylan Gabriel does not make a lot of mistakes. He's a very clean quarterback, he's polished, he knows what he's doing. He does not make those mistakes often. That Cincinnati defense did a good job and that turnover was probably the reason they won this game yes. because it led to score, it led to points. So, Cincinnati continued to show their offensive dominance. 338 yards in the pass, 144 yards on the ground, and defensively, I still think they showed some UCF is one of the best offenses in the country. I know they're not as good this year, but they still have one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best offenses. It's well-balanced. Cincinnati, give them credit. It's a gutsy win, but Luke Fickle is doing great things, and their playoff hopes are still alive.
0: And the thing I was most impressed by with Cincinnati yesterday, the fact that we've seen them all year just dominate teams from the start to finish, getting up big early. They were down 14-3 seven minutes into the game. And we were like, whoa, yep. this, this is the trap game we talked about. And then they came back, took the lead. And then they fell behind again when uh, Marlon Williams got the touchdown. They go up 25-22 to 22 going into the fourth quarter. And once again, Cincinnati showed the resiliency and came back and won the game. It's just That's sometimes what you need to see from a team like that, a team that just dominates opponents. And then they have a tough road game yep. against a good UCF team and just to figure out a way to win the game. And they have two games left. They're at Temple. Uh, next week, then they have a week off. But I, I'm hearing rumors that Cincinnati's going to try to schedule a game. They have a week off between the Temple game and at Tulsa. They want to play one of the other like teams, like that are like ranked. I think it's either like Louisiana or Liberty or one of the Coastal Carolina. Or they want to play one of those teams in that week to kind of show off a nice. little bit to the committee. I don't know if that's be a neutral site in our away game, but you know Cincinnati. I think the path is there, and I I really think they're one of the four best teams in the country.
1: I do too. And I think what I love about Cincinnati is you mentioned that when they're trying to reschedule a top 25 opponent is Cincinnati is not shying away from the more oh. difficult opponents. Um, I think you mentioned it like the committee, they want to see, okay, Cincinnati can win big, but when they get behind, can they dig out of that hole and win the game? And they showed that. And I love, I love this team's resiliency. And I think look, if they schedule a top 25 opponent, we think they're one of the best four teams in the country. We really do. I think if they schedule a top 25 opponent and beat them late down the stretch of the season, that is just once again going to solidify their resume. They have a good resume going into this. They really do. The committee, the question is, will they get enough respect? But i love to see it, and I would love for them to play a Coastal Carolina, right, someone like that, because the Charlotte Clears, another big win against App State yesterday. They are a very good team. A team like that playing Cincinnati, a pretty it's a top 15 showdown, would be unbelievable, but I think Cincinnati, I think they're unbelievable. I think they're one of the top four teams. They're going to keep winning, and Luke Fickle, give him all the credit in the world. They're doing great things
0: there. Yep, yeah, but we were keeping pushing for the Bearcats to get yes. into the playoff and to win their conference if they were assuming they win out. We were pushing for Cincinnati to make a run at that. Let's go to the Big 12 for a second. A team we have not talked about really much since the first couple weeks of the year, the Oklahoma Sooners. They've quietly gotten themselves back to 6-2. Spencer Rattler is getting better by the week, through for 300 yards, four touchdowns. Running back uh, Stevenson, uh, 26 carries, 141 yards. Uh, Mims, the receiver, at 65 yards. And a great performance on the Oklahoma defense. Good Oklahoma State offense. I know the playoff is kind of out of reach already for Oklahoma. They have two losses. Yep. But to kind of see them improving from week to week, this was a big game last night at home. Bedlam, the biggest rivalry game for them, other than the Texas game. And they look pretty good, I thought and they're getting better. Yep. And I know they're not gonna have a chance to get blown out in the playoff again this year like they have the last couple of years. But I like the <laughs> improvement from Oklahoma. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Spencer Radler is honestly kind of a great story this season. Um, you know, we watched them play the first couple of games against Kansas State and Iowa State when they lost. And it just looked like Spencer Radler was confused, right? Uh, making bad reads, overthrowing receivers, under throwing receivers. Taking bad sacks. He looks great now. 17 for 24, 301 yards, four touchdowns, a clean game from him, and he's finally becoming a confident player. That's what Spencer Rather has been missing for so long. He hasn't been confident. He's been a little bit timid. He won't step up when he needs to. So he's finally showing. I mean, Lincoln Riley has done a great job with quarterbacks. I think Lincoln Riley continues to show he is, you know, Spencer Riley's maturing. He is getting the guy where he needs. I mean, Oklahoma going forward is going to have a chance almost every year because of the talent they have. But, you know, something we saw yesterday we haven't seen all year is the run game. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, 26 carries, 141 yards. We have not seen Oklahoma have a consistent run game all year. They finally showed that, and defensively. I mean, Chuba Hubbard, I think the best running back in the country, eight carries, 44 yards. Spencer Sanders, 97 yards in interception. I mean, this Oklahoma team, you mentioned the playoffs out of the picture, two losses too far, but they're getting a lot better. Yeah and they're going to make a good bowl game. I just think going forward, Spencer Rattler has shown he has gone from really low to really, really high, and the sky is the limit with this kid.
0: Yeah, and I think that the more important thing is Oklahoma defense is playing a lot better. I don't think Lincoln Riley is thinking a lot about this year. I think he's thinking about next year, and they have these bigger non-conference games, and they're more yeah, focused and more prepared, and now they're in playoff competition. They have two more games left this year. They're 6-2. They're at West Virginia. Next Saturday, then they're hosting Baylor. They should win both of those games. West Virginia could be a little tricky, and then I think they're going to get a rematch with Iowa State in Dallas the Big Ten Championship Game, which I think yeah. Lincoln Riley wants because they lost to Iowa State very early in the year. They get a chance there, and then yeah. possibly can get to a New Year Six Bowl game, probably the Cotton Bowl or maybe the uh, the Peach Bowl for them, and kind of get with win. All right. So
1: yeah, let me ask you one question: Is yeah. there? Do you think? And I'm—I mean, I know we think it's out of the picture. With the way things met, do you think there's any way Oklahoma pops into the top six? I'm not saying top four. Do you think if they went down the stretch, beat a probably a top ten Iowa State team who's playing just as good as anybody, do you think Oklahoma, not make it in, do you think they once again scratch the surface of potentially getting close?
0: Um, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, North, no, I don't think so. I think there's too many teams at the top. They I think they'll get in the top ten at the end at the final poll on that December twentieth yep. um show. I think that we'll see them in the top ten. I don't think we'll see them in the top six. I think it's just too crowded, but I think I don't think Lincoln Riley cares about that. I think he just matters a team is gonna have yep. probably won their last what eight or nine games at the end of the season. So I'm I'm fine with I think Lincoln Riley's fine. Yep. With it. It's yep. possible, but I doubt it.
1: Agreed. Long and stroke. Now we have seen crazy things with Oklahoma, yeah. so who knows, man?
0: No one thought they were going to make the playoff last year, and then they did, and then they probably shouldn't have. But yeah. no, yep, no. And let's jump to the SEC. A bunch of SEC games. I say we'll hit on all of them. Let's start with the number one team in the country, a team that for some reason number one, but nobody's talking about. Alabama defeated Kentucky sixty three to three. Mac Jones, uh, quiet sixteen of twenty four, <laughs> two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Alabama ran for 226 rushing yards with three different backs, including Najee Harris, 83 carries, two yard or two touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Smith still proving he's one of the best receivers in the country, nine catches, 144 yards, two touchdowns. The Bama defense, once again, outstanding as always. We saw like, three Kentucky quarterbacks play. Uh, I don't, I know you're impressed from what Alabama did, but just your thoughts on their performance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Alabama's another one of those teams that (laughs) continues to get better each week, Uh, I think especially defensively. Uh, Alabama, you know, for early season, there was a lot of frustration defensively, a lot of talks about potentially getting rid of the defensive coordinator and, you know, maybe switching out some personnel. But Alabama just continues to dominate. And I know that Kentucky's on a great offensive team, but still, three points. Kentucky lives and dies by the run game, right? They had 59 yards rushing. Asim Rose had 68 yards. Chris Rodriguez Jr., I don't know what happened there. He did not play. He is their leading rusher. I don't know what was up there. But, you know, for Kentucky, it it once again is they tried playing this two-quarterback system, and they can't find their guy right now. Terry Wilson coming into the season was supposedly one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Everybody was talking about how Terry Wilson was going to have this big bounce back year. Kentucky might win six, seven games. Well, now Kentucky's sitting at three and five. Terry Wilson, once again, an inconsistent game, 10 for 19, 120 yards and interception. Um, so Kentucky right now is kind of lost. Mark Stoops had high expectations. And, I mean, we didn't expect them to beat Alabama. I thought early in the game they were playing with Alabama. They had chances to score, but they could not do anything in the red zone. And credit Alabama, that red zone defense was phenomenal. I think it was a missed field goal, then a fumble snap on a field goal. So Alabama – a good job of not allowing Kentucky to get on the board. But I think with the Crimson Tide, they are as good as anybody is offensively. They're kind of quiet offensively in terms of how good they are, but they're getting better defensively. And that's going to be the key for them because we're probably going to see a Florida Alabama SEC championship. That game's going to be so if that's the case, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be a 60 to 60 game. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. And Alabama – Biggest game of the year next year for the biggest game of the year next week for them. They're hosting Auburn. Auburn, a team who is looking a lot better now than they were at the beginning of the year. They had. A, we're not going to talk yep. about the team, but they had a big win yesterday against uh, the Tennessee Volunteers at home. They're going college game. They will be there at uh, 3:30 Eastern. Then they will travel to Arkansas yep. before a likely matchup with Florida in Atlanta for the SEC championship. That's oh man. This this conference championship weekend is going to be spectacular this year. But uh, crazy. It's, it's going to be yeah. I'm so excited for that. But let's get to our home team, or our team that we're not at home now, but our home base team, the Missouri Tigers. A win at South Carolina, 17 10. Connor Baselack, 203 yards touchdown and a pick. Uh, Larry Roundtree, the third, 21 carries, 58 yards and a score. Uh, Kiki Chisholm, six guys, 57 yards. Uh, Larry, uh, oh, uh, Towski Dove caught a great touchdown. The Missouri Tiger defense, outstanding. The quarterback Hill for South yep. Carolina was benched and they were able to get stops and eventually won this game 17-10. What did you see from the Tigers yesterday, Garrett?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, honestly, um, love the first half. Uh, I think offensively they were on a roll, as we mentioned, Connor like Again, not a big flashy game, but just efficient. He's really efficient through the year. He makes plays where he needs to. He's smart. But, um, you know, I think in the second half it, – it. well, first, let me say this real quick. Missouri has been hit – hard with COVID-19. Defensive coordinator Ryan Walters did not make the trip to Columbia, South Carolina, so he wasn't even coaching. I think Missouri had 52 scholarship players. The SEC says you need 53. Missouri said, nope, we still want to play. So they went into Columbia in a rivalry game with 52 scholarship-eligible players and won this game. So I want to say that's, first of all, impressive upon itself, but uh, I think you started to see the depth issue and kind of the lack of experience in that second half. Um, Offensively, they throw it around the ball. There really was no push on the offensive line and it kind of looked like the receivers could not get any separation. Um, So you kind of started to see in that second half, the lack of leadership, the lack of experience there started showing, but look, defensively, unbelievable. Nick Bolton had a phenomenal game. Again, 14 total tackles, two for loss. Monte Nicholson, the game ceiling interception, Missouri's defense, no one talks about Missouri's defense. They play really well. They're a very, very solid unit. I love what I saw them yesterday. I think offensively, Missouri hasn't played in three weeks. There's a little bit of kind of that rust on them, but a big game next week against Arkansas. I love what I saw this week. I think they are just going to continue to get better. They have overachieved this year. I don't think anybody thought they'd be 3-3 three and three at this point. I love what they've done. Give Drinkwitz all the credit in the world, and they're just going to keep getting better.
0: I really think six and three is in the cards. I think Arkansas is a winnable game. Then they're at Mississippi State, which will be pretty tough. But yep. yeah, the defense plays there. Mississippi State's been so inconsistent. And then Vanderbilt at home, which I think will be will be at that game back in Columbia. Yeah, They're all winnable games. And maybe they'll get the Georgia game rescheduled for the week after. So maybe they'll go six yep. and four. But no matter what, this has already been a successful season uh, for the Tigers. Elijah Drinkwitz in his first year. Changing the program. And if you would have told me on – the November 22nd that this would be a 500 football team an absolute success for Elijah Drinkwits and his company.
1: Yes, for sure. I think it's, um, you know, like I said, I think you mentioned they got three games upcoming that are very winnable. Um, Arkansas suffered a bad loss against LSU 27-24 yesterday. But I think for Missouri, it's, you know, get healthy. I mean, you have a bunch of guys with COVID, get your team back to full strength. The offensive line was depleted. They had an offensive lineman playing on the D-line. They had receivers playing cornerback. I mean, this team was so shuffled around yesterday and still found a way to win. I think that's a testament to Wentz and his staff in terms of how resilient, how prepared they are. This was an unbelievable win. I love the way this team's playing, and hopefully these next three weeks will go in their favor. But, hey, you got to take each game at a time.
0: Yeah, and Missouri is currently third in the SEC. East. So let's look at the team that is first in the SEC. East. So they went to Vanderbilt, the Florida Gators. They beat Vanderbilt 38-17, to number 16 in the country. Kyle Trask really, I think he's starting to pull away with the Heisman, 26-35, to 383, three touchdowns. And Canary's yeah. Tony, six catches, 107, and a touchdown. The Gator defense, a slow start. Vanderbilt was scoring touchdowns early in the game. They eventually stepped it up and pulled, found a way to win the game. Florida, they're now, what, 6-1. and one they got a couple games big coming up. They're hosting Kentucky next Saturday. Very winnable game at Tennessee and then home against LSU. Should win all three of those games and before they'll take on Bama in the SEC Championship. I really think Florida is one of the most dangerous teams in the country. I just think they have so many different players that they can run the ball with and pass the ball with. And just they have a defensive guys. The defense was a question for Florida earlier, but they're starting to put pressure on the quarterback. They're forcing turnovers. And this is a team that's kind of peaking at the right time. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, first of all, uh, give credit to Vanderbilt. Um, this is a team that was 0-6, not allowed to look at. Um, they were with them the whole first half. It was 10-10 almost the whole time until Florida kind of pulled away. But um, I think you're right. I think Kyle Trask is undoubtedly the Heisman favorite. Um, unbelievable performance again, 383 yards, three touchdowns for him. But you're right. There's so many weapons for Florida right now. And Kyle Pitts has still – he. this is his second game out. And once again, Trask finding ways to spread the ball around the field. I mean, just unbelievable. But, you know, defensively, Florida's getting better. Um, and I think they're so balanced. I think Dan Mullen has done such a good job with this team. You know, when Felipe Franks went down last year and Kyle Trask came in, there was a lot of, like, what's going to happen with this Florida team? And, you know, you never want someone to go down with an injury, but – It almost happened for a reason, as bad as it sounds, because Kyle Trask has completely changed the way this team plays. Of course, Felipe Frank's thriving in Arkansas. Kyle Trask is, I think, the best quarterback in college football right now, the way he's playing. I mean, what, I think he's got 31 touchdowns this year so far. It's an SEC record. It's unbelievable. Um, And I think, you know, they should win these next three games. and They are going to give Alabama – everything they can handle if they make it to the SEC championship. That exactly. will not be a typical Alabama domination in the SEC championship. It won't. It won't.
0: I, I really think Florida could beat Alabama in the SEC championship. I just think they, they – Alabama they have, They kind of struggle with those teams that kind of throw it over the top. And, you know, Bama yep. has elite corners, but Florida has just so many fast athletic wide receivers. Yeah. They run the ball Kyle Trask. He's just so good in the pocket, and he's a decent runner as well. And it's yeah. also compared them to Nick Foles. I'm like, Nick Foles isn't this mobile. Nick Foles' deep ball is not that. <laughs> it's, it's not that. And no. it's like, man, I, no. I think Florida, they yeah. have a real shot. And they're going to have their shot to make the playoff. Yeah, it's, in a one-game showdown. And it's honestly as good as it gets for the Gators as yep. it's been since Tim Tebow was the quarterback there.
1: Oh, for sure. I think one thing to mention, you know, Harrison, you mentioned all the weapons they have. You know, Kadarius, Tony was the leading receiver. But behind Tony – you have Justin Shorter, who's a Penn State transfer, was not with the team last year. Camor Gamble, a backup, actually a third-string tight end.
0: Incredible.
1: Jacob Copeland, a sophomore who did not who played in three games last year. Trayvon Grimes, Malik Davis, a running back. Xavier and Anderson, a and freshman. And they're without
0: their top guy, Kyle Pitts. I
1: know it's it's unbelievable the amount of weapons this team has, and quietly they're getting better in the run game. I know they're not putting up 250, 300 yards on the ground, but Damian Pierce, 55 yards, Malik Davis, 38 yards. They tied 173 yards on the ground yesterday. So this team is getting – they're just – they continue to improve. And the defense, once Todd Grantham, once this defense kind of – they're still working. There's still a lot of miscommunication on the defensive side. But once they can solve those little kinks and they, can, they will continue to do that, this team becomes that much more dangerous. And you're looking at a potential college football playoff berth in a team that could very well win it because of how dangerous they are. I, I think they match up with anybody. And hey, Kyle Trask is as good as they come. He will be, I think, after this year, a first round draft pick. He has that kind of capability.
0: I agree. And just one last thing with Florida. I can't believe te- like I can't believe they lost to Texas AM. And and Texas AM is number six. C- Texas number five team in the country right now? Are they five? Yeah, they're the five team. I have no idea how. Yes. I, they're five. I, I have no idea how. I think they're they're an average team at best. They're, they're probably a team that should be in the 15-11 range. They're they're five. And it's because they beat Florida, I know head to head is the number one thing the committee has on their when they check off. They beat Florida head to head. They should be ahead of Florida. They have the same record. But just I don't know. That that'll if Florida I know. if Florida loses to Alabama by one point, and misses the playoff because of that. You're, they're going to be kicking themselves for that Texas a and loss for a decade. Because this is a, the best. I know, because that was a the game that they've, they've had since they won the national championship. And if they lose miss the oh, playoffs to yeah. that, even if they lose the SEC championship, they still would make the playoff because of that loss.
1: Yep, and I think it's – I mean, that game, if you watch that game, again, Florida once again dominated offensively, but defensively they couldn't get off the field. And I think that's been – and I hate that they had to play Texas A&M early because that was – the third game of the season, right? I mean, Florida was just getting going, just figuring out the team. They caught AM in a bad time, and I, you know, and you're right. They will be kicking themselves, but I think they have everything in front of them. They got to focus one game at a time. Dan Mullen is a great coach. He's a great motivator. Hey, they beat Alabama. They're in. That's all yeah, you got to focus. That's, on, that's you know all know
0: anything man? about. And uh, just a yep. great season for Florida. Let's talk about team. that Florida beat a couple weeks ago, the Georgia Bulldogs. We'll quickly do this. Uh, number 13, Georgia, close winning. against a pretty bad Mississippi State team. It's two and five, 31-24. But the one thing I want to talk about in this game is, man, JT Daniels. Where has this guy been? Oof. Kirby Smart deserves like heavy criticism for keeping this guy on the bench until last night. 28 of 30, yeah. 400 yards and four touchdowns in his first career start. What has Dan Mullen been thinking, starting Stetson Bennett the third and whoever else? These random players I can't even think about. Like, what What happened to Georgia? I know. I know. It,
1: it's, it's been all year. It's been figuring out this rotation of Stetson Bennett, who quite honestly can't make an accurate throw, and then you know Dewan Mathis, who is an athletic quarterback, but, you know, has been hurt and he's been dealing with injuries and really can't make a throw either. And now you're bringing – I have been saying, like, my – okay, my dad's a Georgia Bulldogs man. And all year I've been saying, where is JT Daniels? What do we not know? about JT Daniels that Kirby Smart knows.
0: I don't know I, I, I I he's a big quarterback. That. That's what we know.
1: Yes. And I, I don't think Kirby Smart – I think they're giving me all this injury stuff. I just don't think Kirby Smart maybe no, trusts it. him enough. That trust now is instilled in him. An unbelievable game. Um, but, you know, he had a great game with 401 yards. But what happened with the Georgia rushing attack? Me. Nope. Total yards.
0: That would that be ground. the lowest in history. I mean, Georgia is a, a program that thrives on running the football. They've had guys in the last 10 years like yep. Todd Girl and Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle and DeAndre Swift and Elijah yep. and so many other great backs. And to run for eight total yep. yards for the Georgia Bulldogs is just incredible to think about.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I think, you know, give credit to Mississippi State. Mississippi State defensively has been one of the best units all year um but true freshman will rogers the quarterback 336 yards one touchdown that air raid offense actually came to life a little bit yesterday we saw kind of what mike leach did in that first game against lsu um and hey give credit to mississippi state i mean they were a 26 point underdog came in this game and gave everything they had they were tied till the fourth quarter when georgia finally took the lead but you know i think for georgia you coming off a loss against florida you have a feeling that your SEC championships are over. You wonder how much motivation there was to play in this game, right? You wonder if Georgia was really fired up, if they were really ready. Um, But, hey, they pulled the win out. And as you mentioned, the headline was JT Daniels. He will be their starter going forward. He will give them a chance in every game. And I think next year it's the same story. I mean, they're bringing in five-star quarterback Brock Vandergrift. But I think JT Daniels, has kind of established himself in only one game as the guy to beat out. And he did an unbelievable job and it was a good one for Georgia. I mean, I think it could have been – I think they could have won by a little more, but, hey, you will take the win how you can get it.
0: And basically Georgia the only thing they're playing for is possibly talk, getting to a New York Six game. It's going to be tough because there's a crowded SEC where Alabama, Florida, and Texas A&M are all going to be battling for New Year Six spots. So yep. Georgia, they may be going out playing the Citrus Bowl. They yep. might be sneaking to a New Year Six game. But it's, it's definitely a question because if JT Downs had been playing all year, maybe they would have – who the, they? lost to Florida and Alabama, and they had leads in both of those games. And, That's it, yeah. And maybe if they have one of them, they're in a different story right now. Uh, let's finish. Let's wrap up with college football. Oregon beat UCLA 38-35. Uh, Shue, their quarterback, 334 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns. Uh, their running back, Travis Dye, uh, 40 rushing yards. The Ducks didn't really do much on the ground. Really a disappointing game. UCLA's not a very good team. And they were really in it for the entire game. Came pretty close to winning it, and Oregon just sneaked away through. And I know that people are talking about the Pac-12 with any chance of making the playoff. But after this game, you see, you think Oregon's a playoff team?
1: Well, I mean, not only is it disappointing, but uh, UCLA starting quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson um, did not play. He didn't no. even play yesterday, and they still struggled with this UCLA team. Um, do I think Oregon's a playoff team? No. Um, quite frankly, I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 deserves to get in. I think you're playing a six-game schedule with really – I mean, it's them and USC are the only two ranked teams. Um, I, I don't think they deserve to get in. I don't think they're a playoff team. Even if they go 6-0 and and they win the Pac-12 championship, I don't think their resume is strong enough. I think six games compared to 10 SEC games or 11 ACC, whatever it is, is not even comparable. Um, I think Oregon is just – I think it's kind of a downfall. I lost a lot of talent last year. Of course, Justin Herbert, a big loss for the entire show, has done good, uh, 334 yards, three touchdowns yesterday. But I, I just think Oregon is not – I don't think the schedule works in their favor. Um, and I think that was not a great win. That's not what you want to see if you're a Ducks fan. Um, and, you know, I think Oregon's going to win. I think they're going to keep winning. I think they'll probably finish the season undefeated. But, again, just to kind of – Kind of recap your question. No, I don't think they're a playoff team. That resume is not strong enough, and that conference, quite frankly, is not strong enough.
0: Terrible. USC's had a decent year, but you know, if one of three close games. And let's yeah. let's wrap up college football uh, with our playoff predictor. We lose every week. We predict our top four teams in the couple in the hunt. Uh, Gary, you go first. Give me your top four to six teams.
1: Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. All right. So number one, I'm going to go with. Alabama. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I like the way Alabama played. <sighs> number two, I'm gonna slip Notre Dame at number two. Again, Notre Dame was off this week, but they're still, you know, they've proven themselves to be number two. I'm gonna switch this up. I'm gonna put the Florida Gators at three. Um, I think Florida right now controls their own destiny. I know people might think, okay, interesting. I think Florida controls their own destiny. I love the way they're playing right now. Offensively, they keep improving. Defensively, they're getting better. And I know it's a stretch, and people are going to disagree. I'm okay with that. But I think the Gators are third. I think Ohio State's fourth. I really did not like the way they played. I did not like the way Justin Fields played at all yesterday. Um, I think five is Clemson. I think six is uh, I, I think six is Cincinnati. And um, you know, Texas A&M is ranked fifth right now, but I just don't think their schedule is strong enough. They have a good win against Florida. But Cincinnati continues to dominate. And I'm going to say it again for whoever knows how long this is BYU once again picked up a big 66 to 14 win. It's a
0: team that played in Division 2 last season.
1: <laughs> a big win against the Division 2 North Alabama.
0: But I'm not I'm not as big BYU, on BYU as you are, but I I I, know, I, know. I, I don't
1: know I have I've always been big on them, but uh I I think Cincinnati is 6. I think they're right there. Um I just think, you know, they are going to have to have a couple things happen to slip in, but I'd love to see them get in. That is my top six right now.
0: All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to fly through this. Alabama, one. Best team in the country, no question. Notre Dame, two. I'm going to stir the pot a little bit here. I'm going to spice it up. Clemson, three. I still think Clemson is one of the best teams in the country. And even all right. I seeing to Ohio State yesterday. If Ohio State and Clemson played today, I would pick Clemson. I would go Ohio State, four. Florida, five, for all the reasons we talked about. And put in our Cincinnati Bearcats at number six. I think they're right there. Having a great year. Just hopefully they can sneak in to the playoff. Let's – Transition yep. to NFL. No breaks today because we are not on live radio. So we are flying right through this. We're skipping the two-minute break. Uh, NFL, yep. Thursday night, Cardinal seahawks In a pretty exciting Thursday night game, the Seahawks defense was able to avenge their loss they had early in the year against yep. Arizona. Defense played one of their best games of the year. Held Kyler only 269 yards, two touchdowns. Russell Wilson, not his best game, 197, two touchdowns. But he did enough to win the game for Seattle. They got a late stop at the end. Seahawks, back the Super Bowl contenders, yes or no? I think they are.
1: I think right now, seeing at 7-3, you're sitting pretty. Um, I think, you know, Russell Wilson has, like, a little bit off as of recently. Um, it has not been the same Russell Wilson we're used to seeing in the early season. Um, but ultimately, I mean, Arizona's a really good team. They're 6-4. and four. If they had won that game, they're 7-3. and three. So, you know, these two teams are possibly mirror images of each other. Um in a big divisional game, I think it's a good win for the Seahawks. Of course, that early loss in the season to Arizona, um, and this Seattle defense—they're talking about defense and improving. Their defense is getting better. I think Kyler Murray has been just unstoppable. People calling for him to be the MVP. You know, 269 yards, two touchdowns—that's a good stat line, but comparatively to what he's done all year, it's not the same. Um, So, yeah, I think Seattle is very much still a Super Bowl contender. They had 165 yards on the ground. They boast a really good balance offensively. Um, And Russell Wilson, you know, he's not playing as good as he has been, but he's still the same Russell Wilson. He still makes plays when he needs to. I really like the Seattle team. I think once they get to the playoffs is when they get really dangerous. They're good in the regular season, but they always seem to really heat up in the postseason. And I think it's going to be the question of defense, Harrison. You and I have talked about it all year. This Seattle defense has been really kind of the hurting point for them. So if they can improve and get better, then they have a real legit shot of winning the
0: Super Bowl. I I agree. I think the Seattle defense is stepping up. That was probably the best performance of the year. You mentioned the balance of running and passing. They weren't relying on Russell Wilson to do everything. And, you know, they're starting to get better. They're starting to get hot. And they had a bad loss to uh, the Rams on Sunday. And then they were able to respond on a short week coming back at home. Good win for Seattle. I think they're making their way to possibly win the West. Let's go to today's marquee match. I think you're going to like this one. You're at Tennessee Titans, Garrett. Going to Baltimore, two, six, and three teams really battling for those last couple of playoff spots because they've fallen behind the Colts and the Steelers in their respective divisions. A rematch of Tennessee's playoff victory just 10 months ago. In Baltimore, the Titans have lost three of four. They're lost to Pittsburgh. They lost to Cincinnati. They lost to the Colts. Their only win is against the Bears, if that really counts as a win. And Baltimore coming off a bad, pretty bad loss in New England last Sunday night. I'm going to start off with this one. I like Baltimore to bounce back. I think they're going to avenge. I do not like what I've been seeing from the Tennessee defense, especially they're struggling to run stop the run. And the fact of how much Baltimore actually runs both their quarterback and all their running backs and their offensive line who's a little banged up, but they think they still have some good depth there. And that's where they're going to expose the Titans weakness and their weaknesses. It's all going to be up by Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry and how much they can control the clock. Yeah. I'm going to take Baltimore to win this game by 10 points, 24 to 14. What do you think?
1: Yeah. So I think this, first of all, I'm going to say, this is the best game of the day. It's going to be a great game. Uh, we saw that in the playoffs last year, between these two teams and the Titans came out in one big, um, you know, I'm actually going to go against you. I think the Titans will win this game today, but I think it'd be very close. The reason being, I've been hearing a lot of chatter. This team is very frustrated right now. Um, they're very frustrated with the way they've been playing. Mike Vrabel actually changing up some defensive personnel today, changing up some formations in the way they run their defense. Um, I think the Titans, this, it's the same thing they did last in the playoffs. They're going to put the pressure on Lamar Jackson – to throw the ball. They did a really good job in the playoffs last year of making him throw one-dimensional, and what happened? The Baltimore got killed. Yeah. So I think the Titans, they had that recipe for success. The offense has been good all year. That hasn't been the issue. It's been defense and special teams. So I think the Titans, I think they're going to make a couple stops today. They've got to fix special teams. I don't care what is it is. Gostkowski, I don't know why he's in the roster, but, hey, he's got to make a couple plays say, in the kicking game. I think the Titans defense steps up today, makes a few more plays than they have in the past. I think the offense continues to roll. I think they win close. I think it's a 20 to 17 game, but I think the Titans are upset. They're mad after that loss. Against, and They got humiliated yeah. on primetime television against the Indianapolis Colts. And for that reason, I think they bounced back, but I think it's very, very close today.
0: And they've had, what, 10, 11 days to prepare for it coming off the mini bye week. Yeah, this should be a very exciting game. That's why it's the marquee matchup. Another big yes. game, four thirty Eastern on Fox. Green Bay seven and two traveling to Indianapolis six and three. Green Bay survived Jacksonville last week. Indianapolis beat your Titans. Uh, you start off. Uh, what are you looking for in this game, and who do you think is going to win?
1: Yeah, um, well, I think for both teams, it's going to be a matchup between a really good offense and a really good defense. So the Colts boast one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the entire NFL, and Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, age does not affect that guy. He continues to roll. He's got weapons all over the field. You know, I'm not sure if it's an upset, but I'm going to take the Colts. Um, I think at home at Indianapolis, I think this defense just, you know, I watched them against Tennessee. I'm a Titans fan. I mean, they really shut down Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. They did not let those guys make plays really at all. Um, they're hot. I think they're coming off a big win. They're motivated. They know if they continue to win. They're going to take that division. And the Packers' defense is not very good. And, you know, they boast a backfield. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, they got guys who can make plays. So, I think the Colts win this game by a touchdown. I don't know. The Packers, just they scare me a little bit defensively. They're not playing well at all. I think the Colts get Sarah and Rodgers, and they win this game close.
0: I agree. I don't know if it is up because the Colts are a very slight favorite, one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I think the Colts are going to win this game also. I think Phillip Rivers kind of – He's an experienced quarterback, and you know, Green Bay has flaws in their defense, especially in the middle of the linebacker spot. They really miss Blake Martinez, who left in the offseason to go to the Giants. He took out a yep. lot of space in the middle of that defense, and I think Philip rivers they, love, they weren't Indianapolis runs a lot, and they weren't a lot of drag routes. You guys like Zach Pascal and T. Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman, who played a really yep. great—I think his first hundred-yard game against Tennessee last Thursday night—and I think Green Bay has these, every once in a while has these games on the, on the road that they kind of just. They kind of sleepwalk through. I think this is going to be one of them, Uh, especially against a great defense, Darius Leonard, I think was back today. Sid Rhodes, we're going to see him against Devontae Adams. We saw Rhodes when he was a member of the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of matchups against Devontae Adams. Expect to see some of that today. I'm going to take Indianapolis by a field goal, 26-23. It should be a pretty exciting game today. I'm very excited. And it's Sunday Night Football. Rematch of a week six upset. The Raiders hosting the Chiefs, the Jets, the Chiefs' lone loss this year. Their lone loss, I think, in the last like calendar year, it's pretty remarkable. And there were stories came out this week about how the Raiders were doing victory laps around the stadium after the upset. Will Patrick Mahomes be making victory laps this evening in Vegas, Garrett?
1: Dude, I think Patrick Mahomes will not only be making victory laps, I think the Chiefs are going to come into this game, and I think they're going to beat the Raiders big. I do. I think – I know it's in L.A., but you have to figure this Chiefs team, they remember – yeah, Las Vegas. They remember – yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean L.A. Las Vegas, my bad. Still got my dates from my uh, good, team's crossed. But I think Mahomes goes in. I think he has a career-type day. That loss is still sitting in the back of their head. It's undoubtedly sitting in the back of their head. John Gruden got the best of Andy Reid and the Chiefs. But I just think that offense, I mean, now you throw in Le'Veon Bell uh, in the mixture um, with Clyde edwards Um This offense has so many weapons. And I think the Chiefs' defense has quietly been pretty good this year. Um, I think it was a really rare loss against the Raiders, you know, a few weeks back. I think Mahomes avenges that loss. I think they win big. I think they win by 17 today. I think 37-20 to 20 over the Raiders in Las Vegas.
0: I, I also like the Chiefs' big. I think they just have, they have so many weapons – the Raiders they have a lot of some COVID problems on their offensive line. And, and I, think on the, I think on both the offensive line and the defense line, the two positions, they're pretty weak uh, at depth because yep. of COVID guys on the COVID reserve. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Kansas City has this loss in the back of their mind that they had uh, earlier this year. Mahomes has done four touchdowns in the last two games he's played. They're on a bye. Andy Reid's like 18-3 in his career off a of bye. It's pretty incredible. And I think they're focused. Maybe they were kind of sleepwalking Incredible. the last week in Vegas. They were coming off kind of a short week. I think that was right after the Buffalo game is when they played Vegas. So it was a short week. I think they are a lot more focused today. I think you said by 17. I'm going yep. to take the Chiefs by 30, 42 to 12. Abs, they're going to blow out Vegas. It's going to be a night. Game. All right. All, All right. They and they're going to prove that they are still the defending champs. They are still the best team in the league. Uh, Monday Night Football, it's from tomorrow. Uh, Tampa Bay hosting the Bucks. Tampa hosting the Rams that is the Rams coming cross country. They're coming winning at Seattle. Jared Goff up and down this year. Last week was an up, had over 300 yards against the Seattle defense. Brady, a great bounce back game against Carolina following the loss to New Orleans. I'll, I'll go first here. I like Tampa Bay big. This has Jared Goff disaster game written all over it. Against the Tampa Bay defense, it's really good at disguising their coverages. Something Jared Goff has struggled with his entire career. Tampa Bay will bring pressure. I think they'll force Goff into some mistakes. And I'm going to take the Bucks by two touchdowns, 31-17. Big game from Brady. Big game for the Bucks defense. Jerry Goff's going to throw maybe three or four interceptions in this game. And Tampa Bay is going to take the lead in the divisions as we'll get to in a second. Yep.
1: All right. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I think um, Tampa Bay will win. But I don't think it'll be big. Um, I think Tampa Bay this year, they are one and two um, in primetime games. Um, and their one win, one's against the Giants, 25-23. Um, I don't know why they've struggled so much. I don't know what it is, whether it's the pressure. Or I, I don't know what struggles. But um, for that matter and for that reason only is why I think L.A. will keep this game close. Now, you mentioned Jared Goff, hit or miss. But I love the way the Rams' defense has been playing. I mean, Aaron Donald has been on an absolute tear this year. He is a guy that can make plays all over the field. I think the Bucks win by 10 points. I think Brady has a big bounce-back game. I mean, he has arguably more weapons than anybody else in the entire NFL. I think, you know, A.B. is finally thrown in the mix. I think, you know, my boy, I think Ronald Jones has another big game. He had a bad week a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I've been all over him. A bad week a couple weeks ago, only nine yards on the ground. Had 192 against the Panthers. I think they I think they play unbelievable. I think Bucks win by 10 but not as big as some might think.
0: Okay, yeah, that's, that's a, one of the best Monday games of the year. Uh, let's go to a game today, yep. in Cleveland. I feel like every game that Cleveland plays is at home for some reason. Uh, they're taking on Philadelphia. Yeah. Apparently, like the weather in Cleveland today is like a disaster. I don't know what that means. I just read the tweet that there's the weather in Cleveland is it's not ideal for football conditions. Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield. That means bad weather is going to mean a lot, of, and these guys throw a lot of interceptions. And add that to bad yes. weather. I'd be surprised if either team hits, like, 13 points today uh, in their matchup. Philadelphia is really struggling. Cleveland, Uh, yeah. They had a low-scoring win last week against uh, Houston, like, 10-7. I think it's going to be a similar game to that. I'm going to take the Browns, like, 13-12, something like that, in a low-scoring game in a bad weather against Cleveland, against uh, Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, yeah. You and I think the exact same. I, I think the Browns win something along the lines of 14 to 10. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, I'm looking at the weather forecast. It says at kickoff today, it will be 35 degrees with a 100% chance of rain. That is a cast. If
0: yeah, that that's not music to uh, Baker Mayfield player. or Carson Wentz.
1: The key today is going to be who's going to run the ball better. And I think, quite honestly, Browns are going to win because you have a dynamic duo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And for that matter, I think those guys may make enough plays in the ground. This is not, you're right. This is not going to be a high offensive game. First of all, these two quarterbacks have struggled this year in general. I mean, they have struggled this year, even when the weather is not bad. Now the weather is even worse. It's going to be all ground and pound. I think these guys are going to make a couple plays through the air. I think Baker Mayfield will make more plays through the air. But I think that run game is going to carry them, and I think they win something along the lines of 14 to 10. Very, very close. That
0: bold, bold prediction combined eight turnovers today between these two teams. They're going to combine a lot of turnovers, that would a, lot be of nice. a lot of conceptions, a lot of Hey, games. I love it. Yes. Block field goals. It's just the ball's going all over the place. Low spring win for the Browns. Uh, yep. Undefeated Pittsburgh going to a one win Jacksonville today in North Florida. Will Pittsburgh continue their undefeated season? Uh, Yes, they will. Um, but do not be
1: fooled. I think crazily enough, I think Jacksonville keeps us close in the first half. I I don't think they win this game by any means. Um, but I do think they keep this close in the first half. Jake Luton um, last week held his own against the Packers actually kept that team in the game, a narrow 24 to 20 loss against a very, very good green Bay team. Um, so I think the Steelers, and they're coming on. I mean, they they beat the Cowboys twenty four to nineteen with Garrett Gilbert. I don't even know who that is starting no, at quarterback no, for no. the Cowboys. So I think, I think this one close for the first half. I think the Steelers, 10 and O, but watch out for Jacksonville. I think they keep half. Uh, Including Oregon State makes.
0: All right, uh, the connection was a little, little off there toward the end, but I'm going to get my uh, thing. in. so a couple – I'll tell a quick story. A couple weeks ago, I was uh, – after Pittsburgh, after Pittsburgh beat Baltimore to uh, keep the undefeated season live, we were looking ahead – a friend of mine, David Campbell, we were looking ahead, seeing how many games Pittsburgh can win this season, if 16-0 in the cards. And I, I pointed to this game, and I said that if Pittsburgh is undefeated, they are looking ahead to Baltimore next Thursday in a short week I think this is a, a possible trip-up game. And then when I saw what Jake Loom did last week to keep Jacksonville in the game against Green Bay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars to end the Pittsburgh Steelers' wow. season. Today. No kidding. I think I, Jacksonville's without a couple corners. I just think this is – it's just a tricky game for Pittsburgh. They've always – kind of struggled with Jackson for some reason. Yep. Jacksonville always plays on close. Doug Marone, even back when he think yep. he was even with Buffalo before this, they played good games with Pittsburgh. I think that they figure that out say they, James Robinson can run the ball well and Jake Luton just makes some plays. And I'm gonna think Jacksonville to beat Pittsburgh in yep. overtime thirty to twenty seven and just a shocking upset. I have a good I have a weird feeling about this one, but if Jake Luton gets it done today hey.
1: I will forever be a fan. I I love it. I, I have to agree. I, I don't think they'll win, but I do think they'll keep this one close. And, I mean, here, you're right. Jake Luton. Luton, you know what? You're, you're spot you're, Yeah, you you're spot on. This is a game – these trap games are tricky. They're really tricky. And Jacksonville showed a lot of heart last week. They're playing better. Um, And I, I have to agree with you. I mean, I, I think they're going to be competitive. Well, they, I don't think they'll win. But I think they'll be very close. But, hey, I love the ups, upset pick. Always. Do not be shocked if that happens.
0: All right. Uh, let's quickly do this one. Dallas and Minnesota. Minnesota quietly has won, like, three in a row. A uh, big win on Monday night against Chicago. Dallas in a free fall thing they were off last week. Uh, give me a winner, Dallas, Minnesota, in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I think Minnesota. Minnesota is fighting for their life in terms of playoff position, four and five. If they win today, they will be at 500. I think Dalvin Cook just continues to rumble. He has a big game at Dallas offense. I want to say that uh, Garrett Gilbert's starting again. I, and, and so, Dalton. Hey, Andy Dalton uh, starting. Oh, Dalton started today. Yeah, Andy not getting the start. So I think the Vikings win. I think the Vikings win big today. I do. Now,
0: I like Minnesota by 20, 30 to 10. Big game from Dalvin. He's going to go for yep. a lot of yards on the ground. Also, watch out for Alexander Madison. They're going to try to get him involved a little more to get Dalvin a little rest. Minnesota's got some big yep. teams coming up. This game I'm very interested in today. Atlanta traveling to New Orleans, Taysom Hill, first career start at quarterback. Will he get the victory? No, this is my absence today. I think I think the Falcons win
1: this game. Um, I think Calvin Ridley returning in the lineup for the Falcons. Um, look, I mean I love Taysom Hill. I think he's a dynamic player. Um quick note if you're starting Taysom Hill in your fantasy lineup, he is eligible as a tight end. Sir, so, I have I have a lot of my lineup. That is so smart. But I think, look, I think I love Taysom Hill. Um, This is really his first true game as a start in the NFL. Um, we've seen what he can do in the run game all over the field. But I think the Falcons, they're getting pieces back offensively. I think they're going to go into New Orleans. I think they're going to win that game close. I, I just have this weird feeling that Taysom Hill is about to have kind of a spoiled, you know, first start for the Saints. So I think the Falcons, well, I think it's close. But the Falcons do win by a
0: touchdown. I'm going, to, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with the opposite there. Atlanta went there last year when Drew Brees was a starter and won that game. Uh, not at high, not as high in New Orleans as other people. I don't think Taysom Hill. I think he's a great athlete. I'm not sure how great of a quarterback he is. I think Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley coming back, Sue Julio Jones, and they take advantage. Win this game, 23-17, big win for Atlanta. Yeah. And there, Raheem Morris, I think he, he could be in the line for the head coaching job next year. He's done an outstanding job yeah. with Atlanta this year. And this would Agreed. be great. This would be his biggest win so far. Uh, give me a winner. Patriots, Texans. The Patriots have won two in a row. They're four and five. Houston only wins this year against Jacksonville. Uh, give me a winner.
1: Dude, I joked last week. I said uh, against the Ravens. I said, yeah, give me the Patriots. And I was joking. I, I should have kept it. I don't know. i Unbelievable. I know. I was joking. You texted me after. He goes, dude, you should have kept that. I was like, I know. But. You know what? I think New England wins. I think they win this game big. Um, You know, Bill Belichick, he still has that flair to him. I think even when, you know, this team is kind of down, um, you don't have maybe the talent you've had in years past, he still finds a way to either be competitive or pull out these games that they probably shouldn't win. Um, I think the Patriots win big. I think the Texans have just been kind of honestly a dumpster fire this year. Um, Romeo Cornell has taken over for Bill O'Brien. So I think Cam Newton – Makes again. He had a great game against the Ravens. I think he makes more plays today. I think they beat the Texans. I think they beat them by twenty plus today. I really, I really do.
0: Uh, yeah. I think they've winning by a touchdown. I think it's been a low scoring game. Good even for the Patriots defense. Sifon Gilmore's coming back. I think they'll avenge their loss. They had lost a big game in Houston last year on Sunday night. I think by a touchdown. Uh, twenty thirteen more low scoring than people think. Um, Miami suddenly the yep. hottest team in the league. Going to Denver. Give me a winner.
1: Uh, I like Miami. They are hot. I. I cannot go against Miami. They are hot right now. They are winning games. Tua is playing unbelievable. A really good call by Brian Flores. People were criticizing him, going, Why would you pull Fitzpatrick? He kept winning. Great. It was gutsy. It was a great call. Tua, one of the best young quarterbacks right now. He's playing unbelievable. Said in a recent interview, he thought the NFL would be harder than it is. So so Tua's got confidence. This team has confidence. They're in a really good position to make a playoff spot. I think they beat the Broncos big
0: today. I like to t- Miami a little closer, but only by four points, 24 20. I think two against is on late. Okay. Uh, give me a winner Lions, Panthers, PJ Washington, P- not PJ Washington, PJ P. Walker starting at quarterback for Carolina today. Uh, do they win or not? Um,
1: You know, well, my, my, my brother informed me we were looking at uh, NFL enactments for fantasy. Yeah, DeAndre Swift out today for the Lions. That's big. Um, but. With Teddy Bridgewater out, I think the Lions win. I think the Lions have been a really sneaky team all year, A impressive win against the uh, Washington football team last week, a last-second field goal to win it. I think the Lions win close. Um, of course, the Panthers have been really good all year with Teddy Bridgewater, putting up crazy offensive numbers with Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. But I think today, because Bridgewater is inactive, I know Swift's inactive, but I still think Matthew Stafford makes enough plays at defense. to I think the Lions close today.
0: Uh, I'm going to take Carolina close. I think uh, PJ Walker figures out a way to win. He was very good in the XFL when he played last year. I think his first career NFL star, I going to make some plays. Uh, I don't really like what Detroit's done this year. I'm going to take Carolina at home. Uh, quickly, Bengals at Washington. Joe Mixon out today for Cincinnati. He's going to be out for the next three weeks. Joe Burrow against uh, Chase Young, the top two picks in last year's draft. Uh, who wins? You
1: know, I – I love the way Joe Bros playing, um, but I'm not changing with Washington. I think Alex Smith last week, a great story from him, career high in yards, completions, and attempts. Um, they really should have won that game. The defense just, I don't know what, had collapsed at the end. Um, but I think, you know what, I think Washington is still, despite being, you know, two and eight, uh, they're still playing with a fire under them. Um, and I think for that matter, I think they do beat the Bengals, say at home, no fans in attendance because of COVID cases. So I think it's close, but, I think Alex Smith, love how the way he's playing. I think he makes enough plays, and they win this game very, very close. I mean, like one point.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Cincinnati, but I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to take Cincinnati by 1.2726. point, uh, twenty-seven, has been playing a lot better. Uh, Washington's going to need to bring a lot of pressure on him, but I think he finds a way to make plays. Finally, last, last, last one. Jets at Chargers. How much do the Chargers win by? Uh, the Chargers win
1: by – I'm going to go 17 points. Uh, God, Justin Herbert, I feel for him, man. He has – They have won countless games. They have lost countless games by less than a score. This Chargers team is really good. They just can't find ways to finish. I think they beat the Jets by 17 today. The Jets, there's just really nothing positive to take away from this team. So Herbert makes a lot of plays, and they finally get over that hump, and they win this game big.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'll take the Chargers by 13, 23-10. Flacco, I think, starting again for the Jets, which is probably better than Sam Darnold, but some will disagree. I'll take the uh, charges by 13 let's go to our segments we'll wrap these up starts and sits and we're about an hour away from kickoff uh Garrett give us a start to start fantasy today
1: yeah so starting out quarterback uh, Cam Newton against the Texans as I mentioned the Texans have really been a dumpster fire that defense still not where it used to be Cam Newton a great game against Baltimore he will have another big game today running back okay we had DeAndre Swift yeah I all just right can't can you guess who I'm going to – actually, you know what? I'm going to change it up. I was going to put my boy, but I'm going to say Antonio Gibson um, okay. today against the Bengals. Antonio Gibson has been really a good story for Washington. Um, a rookie running back out of Memphis actually came over as a receiver. Antonio Gibson, I think he has a big game today against the Bengals defense that has struggled. Wide receiver Chase Claypool at Jaguars. Not only is he a stud on the field, he is a stud on TikTok. He has oh, gone 100%. viral. I think, I think Chase Claypool – is a big game against that Jaguars defense that has struggled, especially with a weak secondary and at tight end. Johnny Smith against the Ravens. The Titans, that run game is gonna be tough. That Ravens have they have a stingy front seven. Look for them to run some play action. Johnny Smith will be a big contributor. Those are your starts. Harrison more to the sits.
0: All right, here are the sits at quarterback. Sit Carson Wednesday at the Browns. We mentioned terrible weather. Browns force some turnovers. It's not gonna be a big day for Carson Wentz. Keep him on the bench. Running back, Melvin Gordon at home against Miami. Uh, Dolphins have one of the better run defense in the league. Him and Melvin and Philip Lindsay have been splitting carries. I'd sit Melvin Gordon this week. Wide receiver Henry Ruggs against the Chiefs. I know he scored a big touchdown against them last time, but that was actually his only catch of the game. Hidden City did a good job. I don't think they're going to let that happen again. Sit Henry Ruggs and sit Robert Tony at a tight end against Indianapolis. Indianapolis has been very good growing tight ends this year. And that Green Bay offense is a little confusing. I would keep Robert Tony on the bench. Let's do four downs. We'll, re- through, f- we'll go through four rapid fire questions. Uh, that have to do with the NFL today. I'll start off. Garrett, first down. In their playoff matchup 10 months ago, Ryan Tannehill won only throwing 88 yards. Let's double that. Over under 176 yards for today for Tannehill in the rematch. I'll take the over today. I'll take the over. All right, second down. In their meeting in Super Bowl 53, you'll see the rematch theme today. Uh, Tom Brady and Jared Goff combined for zero touchdowns. Who will throw for more tomorrow night?
1: I think Brady throws some more. I think Brady throws
0: three, Goff throws one. Okay, third down. And What's been a confusing Colts backfield this season? Who will rush for the most yards today, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, or Jordan Wilkins? I'm
1: going to go Naheem Hines. He's been really underrated. I think he has more yards than those
0: other two do. All right, fourth down. It's been since November of 2001 since the last time the Steelers beat Jacksonville by double digits. That's 12 meetings ago. How much does Pittsburgh win today if so? I think Pittsburgh wins.
1: I think it's by 9. I okay. said it's going to be close. I think they just go under the double digits. I'm going to say 9 though. All right, let's switch it up. All righty, here we go. First down Harrison. In his first two start in his first start in 2 years last week, Alex Smith threw for a career high 390 yards. Will he throw for over 300 today against the Bengals?
0: I say he throws for 302, so over.
1: Okay, oh, well, just over. All right. Second down, with Drew Brees being out today and Taysom Hill getting the start, will he use his legs and be dynamic and throw for over 200 yards while rushing for over 100?
0: I say he rushes for over 100, but under 200. Under, throws for under 200, rushes for Gotcha.
1: Somewhere. All right, awesome. And third down, who will have more total yards as a team today, the Tennessee Titans or the Baltimore Ravens? I'm
0: going to go Baltimore.
1: Okay. And last one against a struggling Cowboys defense and team, really, overall. Will Cook, will Dalvin Cook rush for over 100 yards in the first half today?
0: Ooh, I think he could. I think he could against a pretty weak Cowboys run defense. So, I'll go over 100 yards. Garrett, paved the way for a couple teams today. All right, we're going to pave the way real quick. The first game, Titans versus
1: Ravens. For the Tennessee Titans, it's very simple. Simple, but not simple. Take away Lamar's run game. If you take away Lamar's run game, Force him to throw the ball make plays with his arm. You will have a really good chance that defense needs to do that, especially because they've been struggling. That is how the Titans will win this game. Second game, Falcons versus Saints. For the Falcons, you got to get pressure on Taysom Hill early. His first true start as a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Get pressure on him early. And also for the Falcons, use your weapons. Calvin Ridley back in the lineup. Spread the ball around, make plays. That's how you'll win. Third game and last, Packers versus Colt for the Colts. You want to keep your offense on the field as long as you can. Keep Aaron Rodgers away and defensively make a couple stops. If you can get a few stops on Rodgers, get that ball back to your offense and just churn out long drives of the yards, that's how they'll win that game. Harrison, where are the headlines going to be tomorrow morning? Right, I'm going
0: to predict some headlines you're going to be tomorrow in your paper or on your Twitter or your t- wherever you read your stories. Here are the headlines you'll see tomorrow. Number one, taste some downhill. In his first career start at quarterback, Taysom Hill has a disastrous performance, resulting in a Falcons' upset. Number two, speaking of upset, upset of the year: one eight Jacksonville ends Pittsburgh' undefeated season, led by their new hero a quarterback, Jake Luton. And number three, Ravens' revenge: Lamar and the Ravens torch and expose Tennessee defense to avenge their playoff loss and work their way back in the playoff picture. Baltimore has all of a sudden fallen to like the seventh seed, and they're holding for dear life. Like a loss today would take them out of it. I think Lamar gets it done today. Those are the headlines. This has been Start Your Sunday exclusively on your music listening apps. If it's Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, whatever it is, we thank you for, to our avid listeners for joining us today here on um, your music listening app. We'll be back in studio two weeks from today. Next Sunday, I'm not quite sure. What we're going to have probably nothing, but I'll keep you updated. Garrett, anything else? Garrett?
1: Yeah, technical difficulties here. But yeah, I think uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. It's uh hey, we had a great day of college football yesterday, a great day of NFL today. I think next week too. Hey, as these both of these seasons get deeper and deeper in, bigger games come about. They mean a little bit more. So hey, we are just excited to get to break it down with you guys. It's gonna be a funky next few weeks, of course. Some of us are home for COVID, some are not, so we'll play it by ear. but hey, we'll be here giving you guys your recaps and your breakdowns. We appreciate you guys listening. We really do.
0: Yeah, and thank you for tuning in to Start Your Sunday. We will see you next Sunday on or the Sunday after on Star Your Sunday, KCOU eighty eight point one. Start Your Sunday, Harrison Radnick, Garrett Pave. We'll catch you next time. All right.